Good morning. Well, it's another episode of Behind the Mind with Kimberly Von Shea. Um, this morning, I wanted to come on and be honest about where I am mentally and emotionally. So this is a mental health check-in. For those who follow me, you all know I believe in being transparent, genuine, and authentic. Um, I don't sugarcoat. I don't put on. um, I be exactly who I am. And so in this moment, I can be very honest to say I am not okay. I am not okay mentally. I'm not okay emotionally on today because I'm a bit frustrated. I'm devastated by the current events happening in the world around us. Um, I am a mother of black sons. um, And so my heart breaks when I see um, African-American men and women um, being murdered at the hands of police, the people who are supposed to be protecting and serving us. However, I can't deny the fact that I'm extremely disgusted by um, some of the people within the African-American community because of the way they are choosing to handle it. Um, I have verbally expressed and have not had any reservations about letting it be known that I am in total disagreeance with the looting and rioting and setting businesses and buildings on fire. Like, I'm just not with it. Um, And so it all has just put me in this bad space mentally. Um, And so I had to be honest with myself to say, hey, it's time for you to step away um, from social media. You need to just take a break from the news, just take a break from it all. And so I encourage anyone who is struggling to take a break. It is okay to take a break. And so for me personally, I know this break is needed um, simply because I do battle with mood disorders. Um, Some may not know. Um, Yes, I battle with bipolar disorder, PTSD, um, borderline personality disorder, anxiety and depression, as well as OCD. And these are not things that I'm ashamed of. Um, These are not things that I have allowed to take over my life. I have full control of them. Yes, sometimes they do get the best of me. However, I know how to manage them. Um, I use the tools and resources that have been made available to me for me to be able to manage them as well as um, I do take medication for um, said disorders. And I am a big advocate for that. I know oftentimes in the black church, not all, but some speak against, you know, mental health and taking medication. They want to say it's evil and it's of the devil. And that couldn't be further from the truth. These are illnesses. Um, 
and genetics plays a huge role in it as well as ex- things that we experience such as trauma and things of that nature. Um, so I am here to be a voice. I am here to dismantle the stigmas and to give people insight and raise awareness on what mental health really is and what it means to be a survivor and function and live a normal, healthy life while battling mental health disorders. And so for me this morning, it's been a rough morning. I even had a pretty rough night. And so as I laid you know, just pondering things last night, I was like, God, you know, why has this heaviness just come upon me? Um, Because I'm, I can be an emotional person, but because of the borderline personality disorder, I'm really good at cutting off of my emotions. Um, However, just seeing what's going on, it really has began to take a toll on me. And so the Lord revealed to me, um, I was watching a movie on Lifetime yesterday, and in watching that movie, God revealed some things to me. And unfortunately, I was triggered by some of the things that were occurring in the movie. Um, One of the young ladies um, was being stalked by this guy and the guy you know portrayed himself to be this perfect gentleman when all along he was plotting um to be able to rape her he actually had dropped um something in one of her drinks and thank god one of her friends came over and accidentally dropped the drink down and in that moment i was instantly triggered. It took me back to when um, someone drugged me and put something in my drink and I woke up the next morning and had been sexually assaulted um, and didn't even like realize like how or you know why I really didn't understand like how, why don't I have on any clothes? That was the question that I was asking myself, like what happened to me? And it took for one of my friends who tried to stop these individuals from doing this to me, it took for her to tell me, you know, hey, um, this individual, um, you know, took advantage of you last night and it really broke me because I just couldn't believe that someone would do that. Um, And so long story short, I was like, okay, this is just craziness. And so when I saw that in the movie, it not only took me back to that event, but it also took me back to me being sexually assaulted a couple years ago. And the guy who did this to me, that's what he did. He portrayed himself to be this perfect gentleman, this Casanova, a sweet talker, all of that. And long story short, the entire time, this man turned out to be a pimp that was trying to recruit me. And he became angry when I would not accept his advances when I 
um, would not say yes to traveling out of the state with him. Um, he then decided that he was going to take me by force. And he, I guess, thought that he could break me down um, that way. But being that that had not been my first time experiencing assault, um, I it didn't break me. It broke me, but it didn't break me to the degree that he thought that it would. Um, so, and that's just a whole nother story that, again, I'm not going to go into. Um, you all will have to get the book, Pretty Insecure, to hear more about that. And that's not the topic that I want to speak on this morning. I said all that to say, so as all this, you know, was replaying in my mind, I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, why is this coming back up? Like, I, I've been through therapy, and I'm like three years into therapy, and I'm thinking that everything, I'm healing, and I'm okay, but God, clearly, I still am not okay. I still am not completely over these tragic events, and the Lord said to me in that moment, you are biased right now. And I was like, okay, Lord, bias, what do you mean? And um, because I do, I have so much anger inside of me. Don't get me wrong. I'm extremely angry about this police taking George Floyd's life the way that he did. I think it is absolutely horrible. Um, and again, I'm a mother of black sons, so I feel like that could be any one of our sons, brothers, cousins, uncles, dads, granddads, cousins. It could be any one of our family members or friends. So I'm outraged by it. However, I have, and I have had this for a while. Um, I've had this for many years where I have felt, you know, disgust when it comes to black on black crime, when it comes to the crab in a barrel or the crab in a bucket, I'm, I know I'm probably saying that wrong. When it comes to us being against one another, that has always been like a thorn in my side. That has always been something that I spoke out against. So I'm not just speaking out about it right now. I know some have an issue with those of us that are talking about it in this particular climate and it's not that we are saying you know that what happened what is happening in our police force is okay we're not saying that at all because again i'm extremely disgusted by it and i'm outraged by it however for me personally it's like okay when are we going to have this same passion and put this same energy into dismantling the narrative within our own community? When are we gonna consistently protest for black men and women to stop killing and hurting each other? Like, why can't we put the same energy into this when, we, when one of our white counterparts does this to one of our people? And so that's when God said to me, you are biased. And I said, okay, and I began to think about it like, okay, and being very honest, I came to the realization that I am. I'm angry. I'm still angry about, especially with this last assault, because it was just so horrific for me in the moment that it was happening. Um, I am very, very angry still. And and the more, you know, this individual revealed himself 
to me during the assault, the more I realized some of his traits resemble what I'm seeing some of our youth doing um, when they're out protesting. And so I think that's part of the reason I'm so angry um, because I have tied you know, his personality, if this kind of makes sense, to what I'm seeing happening in the world. So it's almost like I'm seeing these people as abusers. Um, and so that is something that I realize I now have to work through with um, my psychiatrist and psychologist and therapist and psychotherapist because I told y'all I'm an advocate for having a team of mental health professionals because they all help with different areas um and again like I said I've been doing this for three years now and I still have a long way to go just because of what I have endured throughout my life um and so I don't want to hate anybody um, I don't want to be out here just judging people because that's just not who I am. Um, and so that's why for me, I always look at myself and I look within myself to see, okay, where are you off it? Why are you thinking this way? Why are you feeling this way? Why is this getting to you? I like to ask myself those questions so that I can get to the root cause because oftentimes is not the stuff on the surface It's typically something deeper and so that's what the lord um revealed to me and so when i got up this morning i got up around 3 30 and i prayed but i couldn't even go into prayer and really allow the holy spirit to take over the way that i normally do and because I just feel so disgusted and enraged and I don't want to feel this. So God woke me up again at about 530 and it was kind of the same thing. And here it is now 930. While again, I did talk to God, but not the way that I usually do. Like I really normally go in with petitions and I sit and wait to hear back from him and this morning, I kind of said what I needed to say, and I laid back down. Um, and so the Lord laid it on my heart, of course, to go ahead and do another podcast episode. So this is what I'm doing in this moment. And again, I'm just, I haven't written anything down. I am speaking straight from my heart and shooting straight from the hip. Um, so anyway... I also realized like why it's so important to take the medication because I have not taken my medication in the past couple of days and now my emotions are all over the place and I'm feeling like I don't have control and I'm being easily triggered and I'm um, super sensitive and this is just not a good thing. So for me personally, I know I can't miss a day of taking my medication. Um, it's no different from someone who has bipolar, I mean, I'm sorry, um, high blood pressure or diabetes. Like it is a must, especially a diabetic. They have to do their insulin. They know that they have to eat a certain way. So it's no different for those of us who are battling with mental health disorders. Now, I also want to give people the reality of what it means to be living with these different disorders. And the reality of it all, you could wake up happy one day 
And an hour later, you could see yourself spiraling down out of nowhere and you don't even understand why. You could have heard a song that triggered you. Someone could have said something that triggered a negative thought or emotion inside of you and you didn't even realize it. Or it simply could be your own self, the way that you're thinking. And so for me, I realized, okay, I am an empath. Um, I am a person... I tend to take on other people's feelings and problems and emotions, especially if it's someone that I care about. I'm one of those people. I can feel other people's pain. And so I know when I'm in the space that I'm currently in, I have to disconnect from people. I have to disconnect from the outside world. And oftentimes people, some of the people close to me, they perceive it wrong. Um, I've had even in my business, I've had clients perceive it wrong. That's why I have specific days that I conduct business on. And I have days that I just take for myself. Like Sundays are my days to go to church and be with my family. And now with COVID going on, that's the day that I take to call my family and friends. However, a day like yesterday when I wasn't in a good space, I wasn't in the space to talk to anyone. So I didn't, and that's not always received well. And so the message that I want to send this morning, we have to stop being so quick to judge people's absence or people's pulling away. It's not that they don't want to talk to you or that you did something to them. They just may not be doing well within themselves. And if it is a person who like who is like me, um, I kind of regroup by being by myself. I regroup and by just saying, okay, I'm going to shut out everything and everybody. My sons will even tell you, well, Trey is not here, of course, but even when he is, he and Anthony both will tell you all, like my mom does. She's, I spend a lot of time reading and in my Bible and I journal a whole lot and I thank God that I don't have needy sons um, as long as they have food um, and I do check in with them to make sure they're okay and that they don't need anything from me but they know when mommy's not feeling well they kind of stay away from me and they let me come to them when I'm ready and so this is something we have to learn how to do. You cannot impose your feelings on people. Um, you cannot demand that people always be there when you need them because sometimes the strongest people are the weakest ones. And just because I present strong to the world every time I step out or every time I'm posting pictures on Facebook, Instagram, or whatever social site I'm on, I present as if I'm okay. I present to be strong and having it all together when in reality, there are some days that I'm broken and I'm hurting. Um, however, because of who I am and whose I am, I don't always show that to the outside world. One, because I want people to see God when they see me. More importantly, I want people to see God strong within me. So I don't believe in walking around wearing my problems on my sleeves, but that does not give anyone the right to take away 
from my humanity. I'm still a human being who has feelings and emotions and I go through things the same way other people do. So don't take if you text me and I don't respond, don't take it personally. If I say, hey, I'm conducting business on Tuesday through Saturday at a specific time, respect that. It's not me saying I don't want your business. It's not me saying I don't value your business. That's just me saying, hey, I need Sunday to Tuesday to regroup so that when I come back to work, whatever that work may be, because you all know I delve in different businesses, whatever that work is for the day, I want to make sure I am competent, but more importantly, I want to make sure that I have the mental, emotional, and spiritual capacity to be able to function and operate at optimal levels. Like I don't want to give people half of me. When my clients are sitting in the chair to get their hair done, I don't want to give them a half service. Like I want my customer service to be exceptional every time, but if I don't have those days to step away from everything and everybody and just deal with myself or whatever I'm dealing with in my personal life, I will drag that into my work week and that's just not what I want to do. So life is normal for me for the most part. However, I do battle with these disorders and it takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of energy for me to get up and present to the world as a normal functioning human being. It's not an easy task um, for me to do. My loved ones who really get me and understand this about me, they respect that. Now, those who don't respect and understand boundaries, they tend to have an issue when I do this, they tend to have an issue with me saying no, but I've learned that my no helps me to save my own life. It may hurt other people, but I can no longer live my life to appease and please other people because in the long run, it hurts nobody but me. More importantly, it hurts my sons and they deserve to have the best mom possible. And so that's why I encourage parents who are battling with mental health disorders be honest with your children about what you're facing and what you're battling because I was that mother who tried to hide it and they couldn't understand why I would behave or react certain ways and I didn't realize I was hurting them and so it took for me going through therapy and being honest with myself and really facing the truth about myself, the ugly truth about myself for me to see, hey, I I could have possibly have done some damage to my children. And I decided to be proactive and I went to them to say, hey, are you guys okay? And I found out there were some things that they were not okay with. So I had to correct that. And then in that moment, I had to be honest with them to say, hey, this is what's going on. And here's what we need to do to make sure moving forward that I don't harm you guys and that you guys in turn don't harm me either. And something else that we as parents have got to learn how to do, kids want to be respected too. Um, we got to kill this thought and 
um, this idea that, you know, I'm the parent, do as I say. And no, um, because children are human beings. They have feelings, they have emotions, they have thoughts. Um, and we need to allow them that space to be able to communicate what they're feeling and thinking and all that. Now, granted, they need to know how to do that in a respectful way, but we don't have a right to just shut them down. So, um, I'm not going to really go on a rant this morning, but I did want to just come on and share this little piece and going back to the thing about boundaries. Um, I have been reading this book by Dr. Henry Cloud and it's actually called um, Boundaries. And in the book, he was saying um, that insanity is inherited. And I can't say that I disagree, but I do believe we have power to take control of it. I will admit is it is a daily fight to overcome the war happening inside of the human mind. However, insanity is a state of mind. Um, it is hard to regulate um engage when a person will be set off so i understand that and that's why i tell people it's not other people's responsibility to manage your emotions and your triggers it is the responsibility of i'm gonna say patient um to manage that and more importantly to be honest with the people around them about the things that trigger them so that they can be aware it's not saying hey i want you to walk on tippy toes or you got to watch you know what you say but we all know that saying of it's not what you say but how you say it um so people should be able to openly express themselves but communication should always be respectful on a two-way street period um so with that being said um there are many triggers that alert sensory receptors in a person's mind every human on earth struggles with insecurity hurt shame fear doubt rejection at some point or another in life like we all go through these things we all have deficiencies and defects some of us were born with chemical imbalances in our brains while others like myself um i have both um began to experience deficits after facing tra traumatic events and that was me i already um had a genetic disposition um, and then after going through trauma from, you know, I began experiencing trauma as young as the age of five years old and found myself going through it again at what, 38, 39. Um, and I mean, I've gone through it at different intervals between the ages of five and 39. So I have, I have had to work through a whole whole lot um, emotional trauma causes a shift in the biological chemistry of an abused individual's brain and this is what people don't get like i'm super intelligent and to god be the glory for all of that i take no credit for any of it um because without him i would be nothing um however um I had damage to my frontal lobe and just to give you all um, some contextual knowledge on that to be more specific the prefrontal cortex is the region of the brain implicated during the body's response to stress or trauma. It is responsible for regulating emotional responses triggered by signals from the amygdala 
which is responsible for regulating negative emotions. Men and women both um, have experienced being sexually assaulted and are high risk for developing PTSD. We know those who are who have been off to war, um, they typically come back with and have some form of PTSD, um, post, which is post-traumatic stress disorders for those who are not familiar um, with the acronym. Um, those whom experience trauma in childhood are, are at an even greater risk. And for many years, I didn't know that that's what it was. I knew that I would break out in these rages and people could just say something or look at me a certain way and it would just set me off. And I would go from like zero to a trillion, literally. And I didn't really know what it was. It wasn't until around 2008 when I received my first diagnosis. And even then I tried to reject it that I began to realize exactly what it was. So, um, oh goodness, y'all, I'm so sorry. There's something popped up on my phone and I am doing this recording from my phone um, again, you guys forgive me. Um, PTSD is a mental health condition that involves dis disruptions in sensory and threat perception. It negatively impacts a person's self-image, um, threat sensitivity, and emotional fu functioning. Unfortunately, the condition causes anxiety, creates phobias, and leads to an array of mood disturbances. Many find themselves trapped in depression. I personally developed anxieties um, just because of the different things I had experienced, you know, with being molested and sexually assaulted and then getting in bad relationships. Um, so naturally, I developed phobias of men. Um, I knew I had experienced a psychotic breakdown, but I didn't realize how my brain had snapped and shifted into a completely different way of thinking and being. It wasn't until what I believe that was February of last year when I knew I had had a breakdown. I literally left. I was working at the school at the time and I literally left out of the school that evening and sat in my car and knew a shift had occurred. I knew I had snapped. I knew I was on the verge of, you know, being very psychotic. And so for me at that point, I left the school that day and decided, you know what, I got to go get help. And I went and admitted myself into a hospital just because I knew I was not only a danger to myself, but I was a danger to those around me. And I believe in being responsible and I hold myself accountable. And I believe that's why I'm so angry with what I'm seeing, you know, some of the people in our community doing, because it's like, for me, I'm, I'm a big advocate on self-accountability. Um, so that's, part of the reason that angers me so much um a part of me was on the verge of insanity but my being self-aware helped me to recognize i was in trouble and i needed to get some help i made a conscious decision and fully committing to the process of treatment and therapy doing so helped me to come into a greater understanding of who i am as well as increase the knowledge of the conditions i faced i realized i had developed social anxiety and 
honestly, I prefer to be in the house away from people. That's why for me, COVID has not like bothered me that much. The only thing, you know, I was a little aggravated when I couldn't work, but now that I'm back working, I'm okay because this has pretty much been my life for the past three years. Um, because of me developing this social anxiety, I did. I just had a, I don't even really know if it was a fear of people, but I became very distrusting of people. And that's something that I'm still um, working through. I can't say I fully trust people right now. And so um, while I knew that this was abnormal behavior, it was normal for me. Um, I never liked being in big crowds or hanging out with groups of people anyway. That has never been who I am, especially in my younger years. I was known for when I was clubbing and kicking it, everybody knew Kim going to be by herself. Um, and I've always been able to handle my own. So I never had the wary of like somebody doing something to me. Any, I never was concerned about that. More importantly, I'm a pretty well-known person. So I always knew, okay, there will be somebody there that I know. Um, and in my mind, like when I'm ready to go, I just can go. And I just don't like being around people like that. That's just not my thing. Um, and so I enjoy getting out and being social. However, it drains me after I've been around people so that's why I have to get in a space of being alone and being quiet away from the outside world um, because that's how I regain my energy. Um, I have always had trust issues and considered myself to be very guarded and I am standoffish and that offends people. Um, but again, that's just a form of me protecting myself because I have been betrayed um, I have been victimized, I have been abused, and I could go on and on and on about the things that have happened to me. So for that reason, I don't let everybody in my world. And it's not to say that you're not good enough for me. It doesn't mean anything of that nature. It's just saying, hey, this is my personal space, and I don't allow everybody in my personal space the same way I'm pretty private. I'm being more open now because I understand I have to give God glory for all that he has brought me through. But I'm a very private person when it comes to the real parts of my life. It's not something that I just openly share with people. Even in dating, you know, guys have had a really hard time with me because I don't always just instantly open up and tell them everything about me. That's just not what I believe in doing and I know a lot of that has to do with my trust issues um and so on I would say around November 22nd which happens to be my oldest child's birthday um I really realized I had become a totally different person it took for you know Trayvon to tell me like that 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 he saw that I was living a totally different life. And then when Anthony came in and um, co-signed what he said, it was like, okay, Kim, you really got to start looking at yourself. Um, and so I said to them, okay, well, what do y'all mean? What you mean I'm not I'm living a different life? And 
They said to me, you're no longer outgoing. You're no longer the lively, motivated, ambition per ambitious person um, that we've always seen you be. And, you know, it hurt to hear my children tell me that. But once I sat down and really thought about what they said, I had to admit that they were right because I pretty much had almost become a Mormon. Like, I didn't want to talk to anybody you know, if I went out, it was just to go to work, church, to the stores, to, you know, get things we needed from the house. Um, even if I went to family events, I gravitated more towards playing with the kids. And I really didn't have a whole lot to say. Um, I had just went into this shell. Um, and again, that all came because I just had lost my trust for people. Um, the narrative in my subconscious mind kept replaying the pain of the abuse and broken relationships and letdowns and disappointments over and over again. And so finally, I just wanted to disengage from all of those memories, from all of the trauma. And the best way I knew how to do that was to just retreat. And somehow it seemed as if my brain had gotten stuck in the trauma, um, it was almost like I was caught in time, um, like in a time capsule almost. Um, so for me, it was like, okay, this is where I am. And the only way I know how to get out of this is to just get away from everybody and anything that resembles trauma or pain or causes me to feel hurt. Like I want no parts of it. Um, and sometimes it, it fueled me, um, like it fueled things in my brain to where it almost felt like I had just toy soldiers walking around in my head, um, going in all different directions, which was, of course, having me go in all different directions. And it took a lot of effort, um, a lot of hard work for me to focus, relax, and collect my thoughts. But again, I was not able to do any of that until I committed to treatment and accepted, hey, this is what you have, but it does not have you. And yes, you're going to have to take medication to manage um, these things. So going back to the point of what I initially said, it really is okay to not be okay. It really is okay to have to take medication. Um, to manage um, and to be able to function and do your normal daily routines and activities. And you don't have to be ashamed of it. It is okay to speak out and let people know, hey, I battle with said disorder. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And we have to stop placing um, those stigmas and stereotypes on people. We got to stop looking down on people because just because you are battling with that, that does not have to define you. You still can live a happy, healthy, whole life. Um, and yes, it takes a collective effort of everyone around you, whether it be friends, family members, business partners, clients, whomever it is. Everybody has to be able to understand, hey, this is what this individual um, deals with. And there are certain things we can and cannot do to this person. And that's just any human being. We can't just treat people any kind of way. 
So I really hope that this helps and blesses someone. As I told you all, I love people. Um, I really have a heart for helping. Um, I'm not doing this to be seen or to be on some big platform. I'm doing this genuinely because God has done so much for me. He has been so good to me and I have to give him glory. More importantly, I want to help other people to get free. Um, I want, especially in the African-American community, I want to dismantle this stigma that only crazy people, and I hate that word, um, you know, everybody who has some type of disorder is crazy. That is not true. Like, it is okay to go to therapy. It is okay to say you have a psychiatrist, a psychologist. It is okay to take medication. It is nothing wrong with this. So I um, challenge the black church. Let's stop putting this narrative out there to make people think that mental health is of the devil because it is not. Because we don't hear people saying um, that cancer and diabetes is of the de devil. These are ailments that um, come on people um, for whatever reason. God allows this to happen. Not saying that God wants it to happen, but he knows he knows us and he knows all of our issues. He knows what's going to happen to us, what's going to come upon us. And so for me, this is the cross that I bear. And I'm taking up my cross and I'm walking with it, but I refuse to let any of this defeat me. This is a giant, but the Lord led me to read first Samuel, um, the story of David and Goliath this morning. And that's how I was able to get the energy to even do this podcast this morning, because I recognize, yes, this is a giant, but I can beat it. It looks bigger than me, but I'm bigger than it. And it's clear that I'm bigger than it because I'm still thriving. God is still using me. And that's because I've opened myself up for him to use me. I tell God every morning, I'm an instrument. Use me however you please, wherever you please, whenever you please. So that's why I can no longer walk around and be silent. That's why I'm speaking out about things that I don't agree with. It's not bashing anybody. It's not saying that I'm better than anybody because I'm not. I am a regular human being just like everybody else. However, I am above certain behaviors. I just am um, because I know better and I'm doing better. So again, I really hope and pray that someone is blessed by this this morning. I love you guys. And remember, do not settle. You do not have to be a victim of your circumstance. You are who God says you are. He loves you and so do I. Have a great day, everyone.